in the things of God. We need a place of humility. He says that those who humble themselves, he shall what? Lift them up. You can't go deeper in God enough if you don't have the place of humility. Now, the truth in us is that everything that the Lord is revealing to us has a purpose. It has a meaning to our Christian belief. It has a reason. Sometimes we can take the word as, just as it is and we don't see how it meets our need. But remember that the word of God always has a reason for you, for me. Hallelujah. Amen. It has a reason. Tell your neighbor it has a reason. We also want to pray for the life of our dear brothers and sisters in Lynchburg that unfortunately they have not been able to join us because they have been snowed in. Um, but you and I are here today. So we want to make sure that whatever blessing the Lord is bringing upon our lives today, they also will be their portion. And we pray for them. Amen. One day the Lord will give us grace that we'll be able to have our own jets and pick up members that way. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pastor, say amen on that. Yeah. Because I'm in the same boat with you. You see? Yeah. Amen. This morning, I want to speak briefly on the title of this message, The Reason of My Belief. The Reason of My Belief. And I want us to take the scriptures to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 10 going. And I want to read to verses 16. The other two key scriptures that will be coming forth today will be coming from Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 4. And also Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. All those taking notes, say amen. amen. All those not taking notes, say the Lord help me. Amen. Hey, it's like 50-50. You don't know which one, who is taking notes and which one is not taking notes. The response is the same. All those taking notes, say amen. amen. All those not taking notes, say the Lord help me. Ay, 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 ay. Amen. I pray that the, the day will come whereby when we say the Lord help us, it will be silent. Because we are going to be stu good steward of the word. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to have the understanding to take notes in God's word. Because it is this word that makes the difference. Hallelujah. Let's go into the scriptures. Gospel of John chapter 1 verses 10 going. And I want to read. Father, thank you for the reading of your word. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Underline that. But as many as received him, underline the word received, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Amen. To those who believed in his name. Hallelujah. I am, I'm, I, I, you know, sometimes when I read the word of God, there is something that does, it does me, you know. It does something to me. I'm so excited already. I need to just like try to hold myself in peace and go through this reading. I'll probably need to very soon have somebody to read the scripture for me because if not, I will just, this God, this word is sweet. It is good. It says that as many as received him, to them, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believed in his name, 
who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word of the Lord continues. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hallelujah. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Hallelujah. Verse 16. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. Hallelujah. This entire scripture that we have read, and actually the gospel of John itself, it's a gospel that it really brings a, a very key emphasis on our place of salvation and also our place of where we stand before God. And also come to the very place of knowing the one that we have come to really believe in. Hallelujah. You see, it is important as the Holy Spirit inspired the author of this book. For us to come to know that there is a position that we have to take hold of when it comes to salvation. Amen? Say there is a position. Yeah, yeah. We need to understand there is a position when it comes to the place of what? Salvation. Amen? And also it is, it is important for us to understand what I just read. That there is something that we have gained out of the package of the decision that we've made. Amen? Amen. The, why do I say this? Please, all attention here. All attention here. Because I want you to understand the scriptures and the word. Amen. Amen. Those who are coming late, we'll pray for them very soon. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Verses 12, the Bible says, but as he said, let's go to 11. He came to his own, and his own did not what? Good. You get that clear? He came, but his own did not what? Oh, speak to me, my brothers and sisters. As many as what? He gave them what? To become what? So something needed to happen for your position that you are in today to come. Let, let me stand here. Something needed to happen for your position as a child of God. To come into flourishing. And that thing was your place of receiving him. You get it? You see, you can choose to receive him or choose not to what? Receive him. That is why the title of this message says, The Reason of My Belief. Because you have to have a full assurance in your belief. Because you made a decision. You get it. I, I want the church to understand this. You made a conscious decision because you encountered the very holiness of the Lord. And when you encountered his righteousness, you encountered the beauty of him. You made a decision that I want to what? Believe in him. Because verse 12 doesn't just say that all those who believe in him, he gave them power to become children of God. But he says also what? And, and as many as did what? Receive him. But it continues on to say what? To those who also what? Believed in the name. 
Am I, am I teaching something here? And let's go to verses 16. What does verse 16 tell us? And of his fullness, we have all what? Ah. There is something working here called the place of receiving. And that is a very crucial place for us to understand. Because if we don't understand what this receive means, then truly speaking, our reason of belief will be questioned. If you don't know what you have received, then anybody can rob you from what you got. Yeah. Can I say this here? If you don't know what you have received, then anything can come in your way and toss you left and right. Huh? Can I preach it here? Yeah. So you need to know what you have what? Received. Christmas is coming. And many are going to receive. And when you receive, and you don't know what you have received, that thing that you have received will become nothing, worthless. But if you know what you have received, then you operate under that grace of what you have received. Hallelujah. So I wanted to take you into a little deeper place to understand what the word receive means. The Greek word, the Greek word itself, the true translation of the word receive is lambano, L-A-M-B-A-N-O, lambano. And the definition of that, hear it, key, is to take hold of something or to not refuse what is offered. To take hold of something or to not what? Refuse what has been offered to you. So I want us to go back again to verses 12. And let's read it in this translation. Verses 12. I'll read it on here. But as many as took hold of what? Him. To them, he gave the right to become children of God. You get it? Verses 16. And of his fullness, we have all taken hold and grace and what? Grace for grace. Hallelujah. We have taken hold of something. Meaning that for you to be able to take hold of something, you have to make sure you free yourself to contain what you are taking hold of. You didn't get me here. If I want to take hold of my sister's notes, I cannot keep everything else in my hand and expect to be able to have the ability to take hold of it. If my hands are already full like this, then I cannot take hold of anything else. So it is important that we come to the very place of understanding that the reason of our belief is that we are taking hold of the fullness of the Messiah. Amen. You have taken hold of something that is called fullness. Hallelujah. Amen. And if you know what you are taking hold of, if you know what this fullness is about, 
then the way you walk, the way you speak, the way you think, the way you operate as a child of God becomes unique. Because you have taken hold of something so precious. Hallelujah. Can I continue? Tell your neighbor, I've taken hold. I've taken hold of Jesus. You see, Ruth had to that understanding. It's because when Ruth and Opah came to the time whereby they were trying to make a decision of what to do with their life after the death of their husband, Opah, the Bible says, when she came to the realization that if she follows Naomi, there was not going to be any result. But Ruth came to a different realization. That I am taking hold of the God of Naomi. He said, Naomi, don't push me. Don't, uh, don't, 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 don't provoke me. Because I have taken hold of your God. Wherever you go is where I will go. Wherever you sleep is where I will sleep. Wherever you send me is where I will go. Ruth came to the realization that I need to take hold of the God of Naomi because he has told me his faithfulness because Naomi has talked to them about God's sovereignty, about God's holiness, about God's righteousness, about God's fullness. So Naomi, Ruth realized that if I go to my father's home, I know the result of my father's home is that I am going back home and I'm going to struggle to see if I can find a husband. And that may be okay for Opa, but for Ruth, she had to receive. She had to come to a decision that I'd rather be put my assurance into this goal that Naomi has been talking about. The reason, tell your neighbor, the reason for my belief. Hmm. We are getting there. Tell your neighbor, we are getting there. So many of us have taken hold of Christ based on certain conditions. Many of us have taken hold of Christ based on certain need. And what we have found in the kingdom of Christ now is that many that have come to what receive him have taken hold of him because they have taken hold of God based on conditions or based on need. When that need is no longer there, there is no need to take hold on him. Can I preach it to the church? Because I want you to get Jesus. And I want you to run with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Because it is so sweet to trust in him. Hallelujah. You got to get to the very place where you know him. And know the reason of your belief. Hallelujah. But you see, the, the reason you have to understand this is because he said that what? For his fullness, we have what? Received. So if you have received and taken hold, then you need to understand what that fullness is about. You get my point? If you have taken hold of his fullness, then you need to understand what that fullness is. Because if you don't understand what the fullness is, then you will not understand what you have received. Can I say that to the church? So when the scripture talks about the fullness, of his glory that we have received. We need to dig, dig, dig deeper. 
What is that fullness to you and I? See, scripture makes it understand that that fullness, and I will, I, will, I will explain that very soon. That fullness was not a fullness based on partiality. It was impossible for Jesus Christ to become our savior if he operated based on being partial. He had to be able to come in his what? Fullness. Meaning, he had to come in what? The fullness of what? His very divinity nature. You get it? But not just his divinity nature. You have to get there. But he also had to come. In the place he came as full God. Not partial God. He came full God. And full what? Man. Why? Because he was to be a sacrifice. For you and I. And in order for him to be able to legally represent us, that sin will no longer have hold of us, he had to come also in the fullness of man. You get my point? So the fullness that we have received is not just fullness of his divinity, but the fullness of his position that he took hold of as man. Hallelujah. Walk with me here. Because it's important for us to understand this. And because of that, today you and I, we can say we have been saved. We have been saved. There are two things I want to speak briefly on. The very original meaning of the word fullness has two components. One is completion. Two is what fails. I want to speak on those two things briefly. Completion and what fails. So, of verse 16, and of his completion, we have all what? Taken hold. I'm breaking it down for us to understand the scriptures. Of his completion, we have what? Take, oh, come on, speak to me, church. Of his completion, Oh, speak English with me. Of his completion. Of his completion. Good. The other word that I said was what? What? What fails? What fails? Tell your neighbor what fails. So of his completion, we have taken hold. And I want us to take our scripture to the book of Hebrews chapter 1. Verses 1 and 4. So we can understand that place of completion. Are we there yet? I want to read this. God. Hey. <laughs> the, scripture, the, the, the scripture started first mentioning God. Hey. It means be very mindful. What is coming? God. My God. Who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past for, to the fathers by who? The prophets. Has in these last days, tell me about these last days, these last days, spoken to us by what? His son. Are you following me? Let's continue. Whom he has appointed, heir of all things. 
through whom also we he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and up, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, as he has by, in, by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Hallelujah. What we get from this scripture is the completeness of the fullness of God. In these four verses, what you come to understand is four key positions of Christ concerning his fullness. One is his position as a prophet. Can I get an amen here? Amen. Two, his position as the king. Three, his position as the priest. Four, his position as a what? A redeemer. In these four verses, we see four key plays that establishes the fullness of Jesus. So when you say that I have received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, you need to understand that you have received your king. You have received your prophet. You have received your redeemer. You get it? You have received your priest. The reason why many of the times Christians, even Christians, that are so-called Christians, we find ourselves seeking for someone to give us a message is because we have not known that Jesus is my prophet. But if you know that Jesus is your prophet, then you go to the one that gives divine revelation. Because being a prophet, he gives what? Divine revelation from the Father. So he does not speak or do anything of his own. So the gospel also once again said, he said, I do nothing except what I see the Father does. Because he is a prophet. He is the one that has decreed concerning your life. So when God says that this is what I say about you, He's not just saying any ordinary words. You see, there are prophets out there that can say, I prophesy, but I missed it. But this prophet cannot miss it. This prophet cannot mistake it. Because this is the true prophet. The prophet of the prophets. And the fullness of this prophet is what we have received. I have a prophet on my side. I have a prophet on my side. My prophet decrees for my destiny. My prophet determines my footsteps. My prophet reveals where I should go next and what I should do next. I have a prophet that is with me. Many other things that people can do behind doors. But my prophet reveals it. If you, if, you see, you only worry when you don't know you have a prophet. Mm -hmm. You worry what people will say about you when you know you don't have, what, a prophet. But I have a prophet. And he reveals in the secret places to me. My God. The Bible talks about that the Lord will not do anything without, what, revealing it unto his prophet.
fullness that we have received that makes us complete in Christ is that he is our prophet. Let me continue for the sake of time. Also, we need to know that he is what? Our king. He is what? Tell your neighbor he is your king. Tell your neighbor he is your king. You got to get this. So, verses 2 is what I read. It says that in these last days, spoken to us by his son, identifying that he is what? The prophet. And he continues says, whom he has what? Appointed heir of all things. Yea. Through whom also he made the world. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person mean that he is the express image of the king of kings himself. So Jesus is our king. Hallelujah. So this king that we have received, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verses 4, and I want to read it, it says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? So if you know you have a king, then you know that the word of the king concerning you contains what? Power. <laughs> My uncle. He says that God will uphold you by his word. Isaiah 41 verses 10, he says, that, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will surely help you. I will uphold you by my right hand of righteousness. The word of the king is what? Powerful. There is power in God's word. There is power in the word of the king. So my brothers and sisters, I want to tell you one thing here. That if you can believe in the word of your king. Some of us, we have taken the Bible to be a shelf on our bookshelf. But what I need is the word of the king. When you don't know what is going on in your life, when things are not going right and you are troubled in your spirit, ask God, I need your word. Because it is the word of the king that will stand firm. All things will pass away. But the word of the king. What the king said concerning you before time, that word cannot be removed. That is why the Bible says that the, the blessings of the Lord is not what? Revocable. Because when God blesses you, when the king has decreed that I will bless you, then it does not matter what may go over your life. All you got to do is believe in the word. Know that the word of the Lord is your assurance. Know that the word of the Lord is all you need. What I need today is the word. What I need tomorrow is the word. Why? Because I know that I need a word from the king. The king. Tell your neighbor the king. Thirdly, we need to know that he is what? Our priest. Our priest. Actually, let's go to verses 3 first. It says that who being the brightness of his glory and expressing image of his person, of, of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. That is the position of him being able to redeem us. He is our redeemer. 
Tell your neighbor, he is your redeemer. So the Pharisees did not understand. When they brought forth the man on top of the roof and said, he needs to, to be healed. And Jesus Christ looked at the man and said, your sins have been forgiven. They wondered, who is he to forgive sin? But they did not realize that he is a redeemer. My God. I don't know what you have gone through in life. But today I came to announce to you, there is only one redeemer. Nobody else can redeem you except Jesus. There is no other redeemer except Jesus. I don't know what your condition of life is, but there is one redeemer and his name is Jesus. If you can believe and trust in this redeemer, then no matter what you have gone through in the past, he said that he will purge out that sin out of you. That sin that easily beseech you. That you can't seem to let go of it. And he is the redeemer that's able to take it out of you. He says, I will count your sins against you no longer. He is your redeemer. He is our redeemer. The thing that we cannot let go. The anger. The attitudes. The by biting as a child of God. He is our redeemer. And it's about time we go to him and say, God, redeem me from this very thing. Yeah, redeem me. No man can do it. Not me as the pastor. I am incapable to do it. But Jesus Christ. But Jesus Christ. And the fourth thing I said is what? Your priest. Your priest. Why does Jesus have to be our priest? In the fullness. Why? Because if Jesus is not our priest, then we are in trouble. Hebrews chapter 4. Let me, let's read it. Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 14. And 16. To 16. I read. See there then that we have a great high priest... Who has passed through the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest. Who cannot sympathize. With our what? Weakness. Amen. But was with all point. Tempted as we are. Yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy. And find grace to help in time of what? Need. We have a high priest who has gone through the same thing that you and I have gone through. Have gone through people accusing you. Have gone through people by biting you. Have, caused, have gone through people judging you. He can sympathize with you. And we thank God that he is our high priest. We thank God that we have a high priest. So the fullness of him that we have received has to come to the very place of completion. We have received a prophet. You have received a priest. You have received a redeemer. If we cannot know that we have received a king, then my brothers and sisters, this life that we live as Christians, it will be like this, like that. 
The last scripture I want to read, and we're going to finish here for the sake of time because we have a lot of things to do. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. It talks about, that is, and then other place I said what? He, what? he also what? The, complete, the fullness also deals with what? Completeness and what? 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 He fails. He fails. Amen. So when we go to Ephesians 3, verses 14, are we there yet? Or if you say, say glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I read. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that we, he who grants you, according to the riches of his glory, according to the what? The riches of his glory, to be, the, to be strengthened with, with might through his spirit in the inner man. But Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes what? Knowledge, that you may be filled with what? All the fullness of what? God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Verses 19 reveals to us or verses 18 as he started off and says that may that we may be able to comprehend comprehend with all the saints what is the width the depth and the length and the height to know the love of Christ so what we are being filled with is his love the fullness of Jesus Christ is wrapped in his love what we have received is the package of his love. What we have to take hold of is the package of what? His love. So this very morning, as I bring my message to a close, we need to come to the very place of knowing what we have what? Received. We have received the fullness of the son of the living God. And what you have received is the king. What you have received is the priest. What you have received is your redeemer. What you have received is the son of the living God. And in that, for you to be able to connect with that, he had to wrap it with love. You didn't get me. You cannot go before the king anyway, anyhow. But for you to be able to go before the king, he had to wrap it with love. For you to be able to go to him knowing that he is a redeemer. He has not counted your sins against you any longer. He had to wrap it with love. That is why when the Bible talks about faith, about hope, about love. See, the greatest of all these is love. 
We read Hebrews 11. Talks about the hall of fame of faith. But you see, there cannot be a hall of fame for love. Because it's only Jesus that can demonstrate a love that supersedes our understanding. Yeah. So it is up to you to make a decision and take hold of it. Yeah. Coming to church on Sunday and leaving back the same. Without discovering more of the love of Jesus Christ. You are missing it. My brothers and sisters. If there is anything I can share with you for the rest of my life. It's the love of Jesus. If you can come to love him. Assess your life and ask yourself. Do I love this king? Do I love this priest? Check your own life and see how you do your life. And ask yourself, is love operating? Because if there is love, you will look at sin and say, I hate sin. Yeah. If there is love, there are some nature of our own that we will look at and say, I refuse to be like this again. Because you still have Christians, my brother, that still will walk around and say, me, I like to just speak my mind. No, there is a problem with that. Yeah. If you want to just speak your mind, you expose everything the Lord gives to you so he can't give you anything in your mind. Yeah. He cannot give you anything because you cannot carefully handle it because you speak your mind. Speak it. But when love is at work, I want to preach this, my brother. I feel it in my spirit that the Lord wants to renew this church. But it will take us to understand the place of love. The Lord wants to do something new in your life. But it will take the place of love. If you don't understand the love of God, then you are mistaken who you have encountered. Because it is this love, it says... Nothing can separate me from the love of God. Why? Because I cherish this love that I cannot let go of myself and fall short against him. Please rise on your feet.